Welcome to the Lessons Learned from Donald Trump podcast. This thing is huge. It's the greatest, most outrageous, incredibly fun podcast on the internet today. It's all about the Donald, the most spectacular entrepreneur alive today. For entrepreneurs who also want to dominate their market and destroy their competition. I'm Steve Cypress, here with my co-host, Everett Farnell. All right, Everett, here we go. This is going to be another huge episode. It's going to be fantastic. Just the best. Wonderful and amazing. It's going to be terrific. Really terrific. I mean, you are a terrific person. Just fantastic. A terrific person. All right. <laughs> the, the uh, just I can't resist having that fun at the start of the episode. Okay, let's get into <laughs> this one today. Here's one thing that Trump has done fantastically over his entire business career. And now... Those that didn't even really know much about him in business can see it in the political sphere that he's in. He does a great job of what uh, technically is known as market research, which is a fancy term. It really just means knowing who you want to attract, knowing everything about them, their likes, their dislikes, uh, what keeps them up at night, where they're from, where they're not from, what they won't say out loud, but they're really feeling inside. He really gets into the target market, doesn't he? Absolutely, absolutely. He's, he is um, uh, uh, he is a master at zeroing in, and I don't know if he does it by you know if he, if he actually has like real research or if he just keeps an eye open or if he just has a thumb on the pulse of what's going on. But however he does it, he is a master at, at knowing exactly what people want to hear and reacting to that. Well, one way to do it. Now you mentioned it. I mean, I was going to bring this up, but one really uh, I won't. I hate to use the word easy because nothing, you know, success uh, really shouldn't be easy or else everybody would doing it would do it. But however, you know, for want of a better word, to me, one of the most, uh, let's say one of the most effective, one of the most effective ways to zero in on your target market is a term that's known in the marketing world as affinity, is to have something in common with mm-hmm. your target market to uh, ideally be a member of your target market, and that's what I believe is, is Trump's strength, that he is, and everyone believes, uh, his followers believe, he's one of us. And that's the right. idea. So here's the beauty of this. Here is, if anyone could never, could not do this and do it effectively, it would be a billionaire making, you know, hourly waged, out-of-work, disgruntled workers believe he's one of us. So here yeah. you have a guy that quite literally lives in an ivory tower. I mean, if anyone's seen any photos or anything, he lives everything a is paved with gold. He, you know, he probably, <laughs> you know, he eats gold. I mean, everything is just the most opulent, garish, outrageous. He, he flies in and is big. This is, I mean, here, if you see a Trump rally, he has now decided to hold them in hangers. He keeps having these in hangers <laughs> where he stuffs in as many people as possible. They must be, as the summer comes, I mean, they're just going to be sweating and going crazy and and he packs them in there like sardines with no you know they can't even how could you even see there's no like you know ramping or anything so he just packs them in and then of course the 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 747 or 50 so whatever the hell is humongous i'm not talking about a little private jet like you think of a private jet right this humongous trump mobile with a big trump (laughs) just comes wheeling up and out comes trump and it's just unbelievable and yet and then the whole crowd is thinking, as this guy pulls up in this is his private jet, they don't even, he's you know, these people us. own a, a, a 10-year-old beat-up car, and yet they believe he's one of us. 
So right. he's, he's really tapped into He understands into this. that. So how does he? How does he do? How does a let? How does a local business owner do that? Okay. Well, first let's talk about how Trump did it. Just just thirty seconds or a minute. Um, what he did, what he does. Could he we possibly contain ourselves to only thirty seconds about how Trump did it? <laughs> well, I mean, let's take an example. You mentioned that uh, uh, we've been talking about his announcement speech. Um, in his announcement speech, he uh, he talked about. In the last podcast, we talked at length about how he was uh, how he vilified um, immigrants from Mexico and how they're sending their thieves and their rapists and all this kind of stuff. Um, now that was after. Uh, if memory serves, and I might be a fuzzy on this, you'll, you'll remember better than I will, but um, uh, I think he really started drilling down on it after he mentioned it at first, Mexico's killing us, they're sending all their immigrants here, taking our jobs, whatever. But it was, it was not a major platform until people started, uh, uh, people started jumping on the, on the bandwagon. Well, and when Once you say he, people, the media. When the media grabbed that, the media. then he right, said, but, hey, I got something here, let's run with but it. Not, not just the media. So, yes, the media, but not just the media. See, if the media started, uh, uh, started jumping on something and everybody hated it, he would have squashed it. But well, the media yeah. started jumping uh, okay. on it. I, I, so maybe I didn't explain it clearly, but the media, ha- you know, not, doesn't have to. But basically the media, yeah, I mean, they pretty much they have to jump on it. Otherwise the people would never have heard about it. Right. But when they started jumping but on it. But as soon as people on every single channel, every newspaper, every website, social media go crazy with the, the little soundbite or the quotes about rapists and whatever the heck he said about Mexico, then you're right. Now the people can catch fire with this. And amazingly, right. there are millions and millions of Americans that somehow actually agree with this and are all fired up about it. Well, and they, 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 uh, they dug what he was saying. And, you know, he saw that on Twitter. He saw it by the reaction to, uh, uh, you know, the reaction to what he was saying and what, what people were reporting on it. And all of a sudden he figured, okay, this is, this is a hot-button topic that people, uh, people agree with me on and I can get publicity with. Now, we already talked about the publicity portion, but as soon as he recognized that people agreed with him, he started drilling down on it. And, it, and, and the statements became more and more outrageous until it kind of died off a little bit. Now, it's still there. People still agree with him on it, but, as it, but it started dying off some. So now he's on to the next crazy topic and pick and fight and whatever. But that's All right, and we'll, uh, we'll, ta- you know. we'll save that topic so, for another day. But so this sure. whole topic of how he knows the target market, you, you, so, you, you've mentioned this is one great way to do market research is to throw something out there and see what sticks. So, again, well, I, you know, maybe in preparation for this podcast, I should have gone back and listened to his entire half an hour uh, you know, uh, introductory speech that the announcement I'm running, but all I can think about is this 10 seconds that everybody else can think about is this outrageous Mexico whatever comment. And by throwing, but he threw out 29 and a half other minutes of stuff that didn't catch fire. But the one thing he threw out there that caught fire, so it's not, it's not that you have to get lucky. You do if you only throw out one thing. But if you throw out half an hour worth of outrageous stuff, you're likely to find one thing that your target market catches onto, and then you want to hammer that home and become known as that guy. So we, we talked about, you asked a minute ago, how, how a local business owner can know what their target market is thinking. Yeah, from your and, vast and a experience lot of helping lots of business owners and being one yourself, let's get an example of how one can do this. Here's the easiest way. 
is the easiest way. When your customers, when a, when a, 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 a significant portion, and a significant portion could be 10%, um, but when a significant portion of your customers start asking for something, you'd be stunned how many business owners I'll talk with. Or, and I'm just talking about going about my daily life. You know, you go into a store or you go into a place or something, and, and you say, um, do you have X or do you offer X or somebody, you know, a service provider? Can I get you to do that? You know, the guy mows the lawn. Hey, listen, could you trim my tree? No, I don't do that. I, everybody asks, but I don't do that. I, I have a lot of people ask me that, but I don't do that. Well, what are you, a fucking idiot? A lot of people are asking you because a lot of people aren't asking you. Who would, who would hire you to do it? And the people who are asking would definitely hire you to do it. Or you walk into a store. Hey, do you have this kind of thing? No, you know, a lot of people ask for that, but we don't stock that stuff. All right, so I appreciate your passion, on? but I'm going to take it a little easier on people that I love who are small business owners. I'm not actually going to call them an idiot to okay, say no well, to the business. They just I got haven't listened yet thing. to the lessons from Donald Trump podcast. But now that you okay. have, dear listener, now you know, and you don't want Everett or anyone else thinking you're an idiot just because when someone asks you to do something, and you say, I don't do that. Now, I'll give you an example here. We recently bought a home. We moved after 15 years in ridiculous, uh, as everyone can see now, just totally ridiculous, Chicago, Illinois. And uh, we moved to sunny Scottsdale, Arizona. So, of course, we have this 10,000-gallon pool in the backyard. And it, was, uh, it, it, it looked kind of crusty. And uh, we were like, you know, the pool guy insisted, and the landlord insisted that he's, he's scraping or brushing or cleaning the sides of the pool, but it, it, nothing's happening. So we, we ask around, and we look it up, and we find out these are calcium deposits because of hard water in the desert. I don't know what the heck they're talking about, but we call over a pool guy. But this is not a pool guy of a pool maintenance guy. This is a pool cleaner. So this guy comes over, and he drains out the pool, and he gets in, and he cleans out the whole darn thing, and holy moly, the tile is blue. I thought it was white. And so we actually have blue tile in the pool. But here's the point. We look at him, and we go, that was just super awesome. Now can we hire you to come on a weekly basis and be our pool guy? And he, what do you think he said? He said no. He said no. I'm not a pool guy. I'm a pool cleaner. And so that speaks to exactly what you're talking about. What if, now this is another, uh, uh, I guess we can mention it now, but we'll go into detail in a later episode, but this is where he could, couldn't he not hire a, full, a, full, a few pool cleaners? Could he not buy up a sure. struggling or a soon-to-be-retiring or a, a moving-out-of-the-area pool cleaning business or whatever, and, and then he could say yes and make all that money, because all he said to us was, yeah, no, but I can give you a few phone numbers, a few references, and all. I just shook my head like, now, I didn't call him an idiot, but I just shook my head and said, wow, money just flew out the window, and I wonder how many pools you go into and spend all day draining the pool, cleaning the pool, doing a fantastic job, making the people love you, and then you just walk away and refuse further business. Right, and, and that goes to, uh, see, that his big problem is that you're not going to be another customer for five, six years, maybe, if at right. all. And, and so now he's throwing away five or six years' worth of monthly fees, and all he has to do is hire some guy for $10 an hour, $12 an hour, whatever. Or you can hire a guy, uh, hire a guy and give him, give him a percentage. I'll supply exactly. So as I said, we'll talk about this in depth in a future podcast, but just to tease yeah. that, that episode, this is when you hear about, and thanks to the ridiculously miserable, horrible candidate from years ago, Mitt Romney, we heard about 
oh, Trump steaks and Trump water and Trump this. And then, of course, we saw the whole, you know, Home Shopping Network show when he did an acceptance speech one night and was selling Trump wine and whatever. It's the same thing. <laughs> Trump has a bunch of hotels that have restaurants and room service and, and, and resorts. And he said, you know, why should I buy my steaks from somebody else and my wine from somebody else? I'm going to buy the whole company and just rename it my own, and now I'm buying my own stuff. Right. So he doesn't say, you know, if you want to buy a steak, oh, I need a supplier of steak, and let's let them make a profit. He says, I'm going to make my own profit. So this is another way. What you're talking about is the pool cleaner who does a once-every-five-or-ten-year service is walking away from weekly money. I mean, just tons of weekly money, not to mention that he would now be very top of mind for us, and he would be his own best salesperson for the next cleaning because we might want to call him back when it, the, the tiles are as bad as they were or we'll wait five years, and he might be able to say after two or three years, hey, the stuff is really building up. You ought to have me do a whole full cleaning again. And he can double. He can cut in half the time that the, 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 he can double the amount of work that he does for us in five years, however you want to put it. He can do two pool cleanings in five years instead of one if he plays his cards right yeah. so he's He's cutting himself off of ongoing money and more future work. And the, 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 the continuity component, now we haven't even talked about this, but the continuity component makes his business, right now he doesn't even have a business really, he doesn't have anything saleable, but, it, but a continuity component like that makes his business a real business. Somebody can buy that. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, it, it, it becomes right, now, now he's building right, Now he has a hope and pray. He has the I, I wonder where my next customer is coming from business. Mm-hmm, and you're right, exactly. an ongoing subscription business gives him subscription money. I mean, the first of every month, money would hit his, his, his bank account. Boom. Not to mention more referrals would come because, again, he'd be more top of mind. I mean, the guy was only here a few weeks ago, and I already to have no clue who he is. I have to look through receipts. Well, a few years from now, we might not even find those receipts. If a neighbor asks, do you know a guy, and we're not at home, we're just going to say, yeah, you know, we had a guy, but I don't remember who it is, and maybe we'll yeah, call him exactly. back, and maybe they'll remember to ask us again. But if the guy was our pool guy and come in every week, we'd say, oh, yeah, it's uh, Joe's pool service. I know because that's the payment I make every week or oh, every man, month. The, so The stuff I could do for that guy. Not only that, but then, but then also... Um, uh, going into the neighborhood. And well, now you, know, you mentioned you know. the stuff you could do. I mean, that's what my uh, wife said to me. She goes, boy, he needs your help. He ought to become your client. I'm like, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, wow, the stuff, uh, I, I mean, that guy, uh, that guy, should, if he's that good. Yeah, but when you put it that job. way, I mean, there are just way too many businesses to help, and there's only one of me and one of right. you. So I don't right. chase any business owner, when they're sharp enough to call me, then I make them a ton of money. But let's get back to uh, how Trump does this, of knowing the target market. So one way is he floated some stuff out there, and another way is this affinity. So Trump tells you that he watches conservative cable news. He watches the Fox News channel. Well, that's who his audience watches. He reads those magazines. He pays attention to that stuff because he's one of those people, so it's easier for him to tap in to that vein of, of what's going on with his target market. Absolutely, and, and the same way, this is how local businesses can use Trump. The other thing Trump does real well is he's a, uh, he's a social media, he's a Twitter maniac. He, like, owns Twitter now. I mean, everybody, he uses Twitter to, to, to push information out, to get questions, to answer questions, to talk right. to the market, but he also 
I, I, now, maybe he's doing it. Maybe he has somebody doing it. Who knows? But he's also using Twitter to figure out what the people who are following him want. So he's... Uh, yeah, from, uh, by know, the way, so, from everything I can see about everything Donald Trump does, he doesn't have many other people doing anything. No, it, well, it, but what I'm saying, Which though, is, is another, that, uh, another uh, topic for another episode. Uh, right, but Trump yeah, well, does not I, seem to have too many helpers or advisors or anything. He's Mr. Not, I'm flying by the seat of my pants guy. But you're <laughs> right, by, by putting stuff out on social media and then tap seeing what's out there, it's akin to what you said. It's akin to the local business contractor walking around and have people asking him, hey, do you also clear out to trim the trees? Uh, he's seeing right. on Twitter the responses uh, saying things like, uh, I, I, now I don't, maybe I should have also studied his Twitter feed going back for months, but he, they might have said things like, you think Mexico's bad, what are you going to do about these Muslims, blah, 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 blah. And then he comes out with his, let's get rid of all, uh, let's not let the Muslims in comments. So right. you're right, by, you, by tapping in and paying attention to the media sources, including social media, that his target market are paying attention to. In other words, finding out where your target market is hanging out and go hang out with them and listen to them exactly. and then respond and give them more of what they want. Exactly. And, and it's not, it's not different, especially social media. Hell, you only have to leave the house. Now, for a local business, better that the local business owner should go out and actually meet people. But even if you don't want to do that, if you just want to sit, on, you know, sit at the house and look at your phone or computer or whatever, you can do it with social media, but like you said, you just need to find the the groups that you know where your local uh, where your customers are uh, are congregating, and uh, uh, it it becomes very easy. And sure, you can now, do it on is, on the computer. You can also do it by being a member of the Chamber of Commerce and asking other people. It doesn't have to be your direct competitors. Like a a kitchen remodeler doesn't have to ask other kitchen remodelers. He simply has to ask other people that serve homeowners or high-end right. homeowners, if that's what he wants. And so he's got a, a high-end uh, homeowner uh, landscaper, and he says, hey, you know, what do your people talk about? What do they want more of? What, what, mm -hmm. what do you see when you, when you look at houses that might need work? So there's lots of ways to do the research. Bottom line, and we could go on all day, but we're at the end of today's episode, is you want to do market research. You want to really know your market, uh, ideally be one of them. Pick a marketplace that you have such affinity with that it comes so easily because you're one of them. Didn't get into a lot of examples I have on my list. I had a client who was a, a veteran, came home from the war and find it difficult to get a job. And so he, he learned and he figured out how to do it, and then he became a consultant to other veterans returning from war to help them land a job. Well, he has tremendous affinity. I'm one of yeah. you. So. Many ways of targeting your market, but we, we, we got to end today's episode, but we talked a little bit about this. I mentioned this tapping into the vein of your target market. So in the next episode, let's get into the details here about how you tap in to not just what the people want, cut and dried A, B, C, D bullet points of, of goods or services, but the emotions behind what they want. Trump is a master of tapping into, and people would say, and rightly so, manipulating and using the emotions of his target market, and we're going to talk about that in the next episode. Absolutely. I, I look forward to it. It's one of my favorite topics. You've just listened to the most terrific podcast on the Internet today. If you want to be a winner like Trump, make sure you go listen to the rest of the episodes by going to LessonsLearnedFromDonaldTrump.com. And join us next time. Unless you like being a loser, some people do, I guess.